This fellow Ronaldo is a cod. Arsene Wenger's been in Japan for a year. He doesn't know anything about English football. I will love it if we beat them. It's the history of the Tottenham. I have nothing to say. I'm so sorry, I have nothing to say. Con Giovanni, yeah, incredible. Dribble, 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 dribble. Penalties? What is penalties? <laughs> Who are Man United? It was announced this week that there will be a slight change to the free kick rules. Attacking players are no longer allowed within one metre of the defending wall. Of all the possible rule changes to football, why was this the one that was made? I, I, there was obviously some country at some term. I don't. Do you remember any particular incident in the World Cup where this was very bad? The last free kick, like every single free kick, almost taken now does have some kind of issue of this where there's players in the wall barging people out. But the way is, trying to create is it an, an issue? I don't really think it's an issue. I think exactly some country or some team in a big match that escapes us at this moment in time was really negatively affected. This didn't happen in the World Cup, did it? I can't think of any egregious one at the World yeah, Cup. Yeah, nothing that really changed the run of like the tournament. Because like, I, I can only think of the one goal kick, goal that was scored this week from a free kick it was the James Ward-Prowse one. And there yeah. were a couple of Southampton players in the wall for that. Yeah. But... There was nothing wrong with it. No, if anything, most players don't actually. The 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 thing it's trying this rule change is trying to stamp out is the physical contact between an attacking player and pulling a defender out of the wall or something or moving them out of the wall. The instant you described and the instant that most of the time it's used for is more of a distraction type of situation, which will probably continue. They'll just have to figure another way of doing it. Like they will do something like stand one yard or one meter away from the wall, staring at the defensive players, making faces at them or something to try and take them off guard while the lads behind them do the routine and try and take the free kick and score. But I have seen instances where the player who was taking the free kick shot it in a way and like they get the perfect camera angle to really see this. They shoot it in a way that it's where their their own player was. But that player has vacated the area. Yeah, they'll duck or they'll get out of the way. But oftentimes, I'd say just as many times that that works, you end up hitting your own player and it goes nowhere. And... Uh, of all the as you said of all the rule changes like I'm not going to get angry about this they can change the rule it is technically if you're pulling defenders out of the way which is what this rule is explicitly there to target it's moving you know pulling the defensive wall apart but uh, I, I think in two ways it punishes the attacking team though because like the team yeah. that is that is earned a free kick because a foul has been committed yeah like it punishes them because they're no longer able to like get in the way and it punishes them just because they're they're not allowed near an area where the ball could end up, which is a disadvantage in a way. Yeah. But like it it disallows them to be like get a little creative with their free kicks because it had been a, like it is impressive yeah. when a, a goal is scored that way where yeah. a, a attacking player gets out of the way of the ball, yeah. and that's something they've worked on and trained for. Yeah, I, I I agree, but I don't think I don't think it's the end of the world, and I think attacking teams, attacking shapes will adapt to it, and something else will happen. Like this, I I'm 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 at a loss for thinking when was the last time a major rule change was made to free kicks, but uh, free kicks inside the box as well to pass backs and stuff like that. You know, you never thought they would be evolving to the way they are, where they're crazy and there's teams like oh, they're the always line great. Wall. Yeah, it's great stuff, and you see some, maybe that'll create some weird things. Like I said, like player standing because a meter is a step, like a, in most cases, a step away from the wall. So maybe something else will be done, like they'll. They'll make the wall. They'll stand a meter away, and then you can think that maybe the player is using that to sight the goal, and that they'll hit it towards that. So that'll make the defensive team 
make a longer wall instead of a four-man wall they'll have a six-man wall and then there's more space for the attacking players if they were going to do something because there's six players swinging across instead of exactly that maybe something else will come with that but it will we'll yet to see it and whether it'll actually be enforced or not's another question because there's always like you said at corners you know when was the rule change brought in about you know uh, pulling players down in the box that was like two or three years and ago, then yeah. we'll get a few high big high profile ones like at the World Cup like at the Euros and then nothing for their in- intermediate intermediate seasons yeah this just seems like a an, an added layer to make the referee's job even more annoying like the amount yeah. of times we're going to see free kicks stopped and started because oh that player yeah. was half see, like, w- will VAR have to act if they're if the player removed suddenly moved within one yeah like that's just mundane and tedious yeah like. but they have like they have done it with the penalties for instance, when they do encroach on the box, as they call it, or if the player comes off the line, and we never see those rules really enforced either. Like sometimes, just, just look at the weekend. Like yeah, uh, but, but sometimes they are. And sometimes it's when yeah. they are, they're the most annoying. Uh, then in Premier League, Manchester City went back to the top of the table with the most dominant one 0 victory I've ever seen. Yeah, like I'm trying. I'm definitely have seen a more dom- I've seen more dominant technical defeats, like uh, Inter Milan Barcelona two thousand and ten. In the three one was it? Yeah, is that the which uh, both of those ties were ridiculously dominant on Barcelona's side, and Barcelona end up I think the away leg the home leg they won one nil the home leg for Barcelona they won one nil yeah and I went think out three two on Aguirre yeah I think that was more dominant, but yeah I suppose you would expect because it, it was be like eighty percent possession in a Champions League semi-final or Bournemouth didn't have a shot they completed a hundred passes yeah. it was like I think it was eighty three percent possession to Man City. Yeah. It, it was only 1-0 <laughs> like, yeah. like we've seen Man City have this kind of dominant performance but normally it comes with 4 or 5 more goals yeah. but Man City are kind of the same way every team in the in the Premier League at the moment you can see there's a fatigue creeping into a lot of the top teams like Man City have had a tough week whatever you say about them oh there was only the Carlink or Carabao Cup it was only Schalke the, the few days before that and it was only who on earth did they play midweek again uh, they played West Ham at home yeah it was only West Ham at home and yeah, but these games are they're not like they add up they're not a superhuman team like I, I go over this in my head like we, we talk sometimes oh this Man City team one of the best teams in Premier League history or is it not and it's overrated by the standard of the quality of teams that they're playing against and I'm still I still don't know I think the jury's still out and I think it'll have to be something we'll look back in a few years before we make that decision but they are, one thing is for sure they're still human they're still capable of fatigue and they're still like not the most robust side in Premier League history. Like they're missing Fernandinho something terribly. He was, the, you know, as it's been said since beginning of the season when he, when suddenly he went from the player that was always playing for Man City and never really getting too much credit to the player that he is the linchpin. He is the new David Silva of the team as in the player that makes them tick. It's, it's proven to be true that maybe that's why Pep was mad to get Jorginho in. It was mad to get whoever else he was trying to Fred. get Fred into midfield like maybe you know to change things up a bit to give Fernandinho a break or to have a plan B in the case of Fernandinho being unavailable and not getting that player has really hurt Man City but all that being said what happened to West, uh, West Ham on Wednesday they lost 1-0 as well exactly they lost yeah well West Ham lost not yeah well you asked me what happened yeah. with West Ham yeah so but Man City continued to win despite playing badly yeah. which is even though this was a dominant performance they're not converting chances yeah which normally, is badly in their books it, yeah it's a poor performance by their standards yeah. uh, but the more worrying sign for them as well not only is Fernandinho injured and Laporte got injured in the Carabao yeah. Cup final but they've lost Kevin De Bruyne now to a hamstring injury and John Stones went off after like 47 minutes as well with some kind of injury. Yeah, so like like we said, like the, I know we're about to get to the Liverpool match as well, so maybe I'll save it for then. But 
they're these teams are going to drop points between now and the end of the season. Like uh, Manchester United, we as we discussed last week, they're having a bit of mini injury crisis in themselves, and that has only exacerbated since that we Pretty last discussed much, yeah. about it. Uh, but Liverpool earlier in the season I think they're kind of coming out of it now but they're probably still feeling the effects of having all of their squad players play those extra minutes earlier in the season when they did have significant injury problems that now those squad players are not there and not fresh to come on and do something like the likes of Shakiri, who was barely I think he's going to play 200 minutes since the turn of the year yeah, which is mad that. considering the important contributions he was making to different ma- types of matches earlier on in the season and now he's been cast aside and I wonder I don't know if that's a personal thing or is that uh, to do with his, you know, conditioning, which has been a problem for him in the past? But uh, like Man City are the same now. They're starting to lose players left, right, and center in important positions. They've held on to some would say their most important positions. They still have the attacking, the front line. I know De Bruyne is part of that as well. But De Bruyne has been missing for a lot of this season, and when he's been there, he hasn't been playing to his best standards. And they've coped with that. With Bernardo Silva's really stepped up his game this season. David Silva still lurking around there. And they still have kind of direct creative outlets in Raheem Sterling and Leroy Sané and Aguero is always there to finish. And those players, for Man City's sake, have thankfully not been injured so far for long periods of time. But for City now, they go back to top of the table, having played the same amount of games as Liverpool for the first time since, I think, late October, early November. And a large part of that is due to the fact that uh, Liverpool dropped two points at rivals Everton in a nil-all draw. Four points last week. Yeah, because they dropped two points again at Old Trafford. Their two yeah. biggest away days, they've dropped yeah. two nil-all draws. And it's right before, like, you can say, again, I think fatigue has a large part to play with this because you can see they're, like, they're playing against teams who clearly they want to shut down Liverpool's way of playing. They want to, to kill their flow, for lack of a better phrase. And Man United, guess we did it. Everton watched that and, like, let's try and do that as well. The midweek match kind of... Not flattered them, but it's a, it's a match Liverpool almost always win. It's such a weird anomaly now because they've drawn their other three matches nil all, and then they've beat Watford five nil. Yeah, but Watford is always an easy victory for most of the time for Liverpool. For anyway. Liverpool, yeah, like it always has been historically going back to the eighties. So, you know, you can kind of that non the anomaly in itself is that victory in 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 the last few weeks, like that Bayern match. Like it made me think like what well, right before that Bayern match we said we'll see this week whether Liverpool are going to target the league or the Champions League, and I personally feel that that Bayern match the performance the effort they put into that match, that the nil all draw ended up being showed me that Liverpool are really going after the Champions League again. They're not going after the league. They see the Champions League maybe, and that's just from an outsider's perspective. They see that as a, a tournament more easily winnable than the Premier League because as we've seen with the Premier League they can throw the kitchen sink at things. And not get where they where they want to get to in, in in things like they remember the Man City. You only have to think about the Man City match that Liverpool played and lost. The only match they lost this season, they threw everything at that match and couldn't get anything out of it in the end. And like maybe that was the turning point for Klopp saying, okay, if we win the league by hook or by crook, fair enough. But it's not going to be my ultimate priority when the Champions League is still available to win because that is his ultimate priority. He's won league titles as a manager before. He's by bringing Liverpool from. Where did they finish last season? Fourth? Fourth, yeah. I think Fourth last season to consistent title challengers this year. That in itself is an achievement against this Man City side because they were so dominant last season because they have such a financial advantage over the other clubs, because they have Pep Guardiola, because they have such experience with the players that they already did have, that it's an achievement getting up to be a title rival with them, bypassing both Manchester United and Spurs in the process. 
and maybe he'll take that with it if he can get that you know the the Champions League the trophy he's lost in fact a European trophy in general because he's lost three European finals like one Europa League and two Champions League finals maybe that's what Klopp wants before he leaves Liverpool whenever that day will be my counterpoint to that though would be the fact that they had a 10 day break before they played Bayern Munich sure. and then they had to play Man United yeah. like if they played Man United then Bayern Munich it would have probably been the other way around Perhaps that we might have seen it like that, but I I don't know because just as the the limp performance they they showed against Manchester United and then showed against Everton as well to a degree I think it was pretty limp as well they didn't really show Salah had a couple of chances but other than that they were definitely yeah, poor going forward yeah they were especially lacking, when you compare it to twelve months ago and they were so swashbuckling yeah they're lacking in like creativity and that, and I think that's definitely a bit of tiredness but it's definitely they could have gone imagine if they're off now for the next seven days. Yeah, are, are they not there? They are, are they off? They're, they're playing off, Bayern uh, Munich next week. Yeah, okay, 10 days so, from now. Yeah, so maybe that's a bad analogy. I've, I've had in my head that they're playing this week, but obviously it's another week before they have to play them. But yeah, that was my thought, that maybe they're leaving something behind, even, even if it's psychological in their psychologic. Psycho- what's the word? Psychological. It's in their minds. Yeah. What if, if it's in their minds and they're saving it for another week, maybe that's what they're trying to do, but... Yeah, I Klopp was very unhappy again. He blamed the weather. I think it was. One yeah, of the he things. said the wind was a big factor in their performance, which he said before about playing Everton away. Yeah, but you know, maybe it was. But at the same time, you know they they've won against teams better than Everton, more comfortably in this. And is it the pressure getting to them? Is it the possibility that they could have, like, if they had won today, they would have been. Top, clear top on table, top yeah. what was the hardest match left after that uh, that's probably the yeah. their most like, difficult one and, and now they have Tottenham and Chelsea left as well at home as well yeah but now you know it's like oh you know we're not even if we win every one of our matches maybe that's what he wanted he wanted that underdog come from behind if we win everything we'll still win the league which he did say he said despite being behind it's still in their hands it's still in our hands and which technically isn't true but <laughs> it's not true but as I said to, to open this conversation we're having I I solemnly believe that this isn't over at all. I like every every time a team failed, like it was funny because a few weeks ago, every time either Man City at the beginning of the year didn't win a match, they're terrible. They're they've drawn with Leicester. They're gonna you know they've they've thrown the league away, and now every time Liverpool like failed to beat Manchester United, they're they're and Everton, their closest rivals, geographically, and historically, it's oh it's a terrible failure for Liverpool and all this type of stuff when. You know, in reality, it's just these teams aren't infallible. They are they are still normal football teams with you know normal players who have physical burdens, who have limits, and maybe they're reaching their limits and they just can't do it. And these other teams, you know, they're not there to be walked over either. They're they're there to actually do something in their own season, and they've still got something to play for. It's not you know they're not playing. It's clear at Everton that they're not going to sack their manager. So these players have to keep play for them. It's clear Manchester United now more so than when Mourinho was there that you know maybe Solskjaer is for the long term and at the very least they've got the Champions League place to play for. So they you know it's not like they're playing teams who are on holidays or who don't know what they're doing. They're playing very, very focused and teams with a bit of desire about them. I still think Everton or not Everton. I still think Man City are going to drop points in the exact against teams in the exact same way between now and the end of the season. I as I said at the beginning of January, I still stand by. It. I think Man City will win the league, but I wouldn't be surprised if Liverpool pull it off. And then the other big derby in the Premier League this weekend was the North London derby, a one-all draw between Tottenham and Arsenal. It was it's a, both a teams, bizarre game. Yeah, it's Tottenham come in and they're clearly the better side because you feel when you watch the match that it's this is a team that's like 
at the moment Tottenham are in a better position than, than Arsenal they're further along in their cycle they know what they're doing a lot better they know how to play they have a firmer you know everyone in the squad knows each other everyone in the squad knows their position in the squad Arsenal meanwhile they're chopping and changing every match he dropped four players and like relative first team starters I think from played playing Mustafi out of position for a good part of the match like why and Spurs just didn't show up for the match at all See the fact that it was they lost so hilariously to Chelsea with that brilliant that was that amazing own goal. Can we just take a moment to uh, that is my favorite genre. Assist. My favorite genre <laughs> of own goal, I think, is that kind of where the defender passes it past the goalkeeper and yeah. just trickles in. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny Something every time. Else. Kieran Trippier, England yeah. right back. Yeah, he definitely sold his soul to the devil for that uh, semi-final goal. <laughs> semi-final goal, yeah. Uh, so they've got their back. They're, they're off the back of two defeats, poor defeats as well. Uh, like, like considering the fact that Burnley, okay, they were in good run of form before then, but they've lost the two matches since then. Yeah. And Chelsea were a complete laughing stock going into that match, especially yeah. with the whole thing surrounding Kepa. Yeah. The circus of Chelsea was coming into town. With the Cavaleros, great player. Yeah, it didn't even have to face a single shot in that that match, which was a damning indictment of Tottenham's performance. Yeah. Whereas Arsenal, I feel like, have started picking up a little bit of steam in the league. They have started win- winning games. Yeah. But a counterpoint to that is that their away form is still dreadful. They've won one Continues game. Continues to be dreadful. <laughs> one game and nine now, I think, away yeah. from home in the Premier League uh, under Unai Emery. Like, it was a big problem last year as well. Yeah. And the fact that they just never show up in the big games away against yeah. like the likes of well, They Tottenham. never show up in the big games in general, but in against the big teams. They never show up against the away teams in general, but against big teams it seems to be even, Especially, yeah. yeah. Like this goes even further back. I think it was what when, oh, when two thousand and it was uh, Man Yeah, no, I don't think it was that long ago. It was uh Man they beat Man City three or two nil or two nil, I think it was a big game for uh, Francis Coughlin. That's yeah, how I Francis remember. Co- and now Francis Coughlin's a season and a half at Valencia. Yeah. So, <laughs> never scored a goal for Arsenal either, I always remember that. So it it has been a while since Arsenal won a game away, but they did well to take the lead. Like Aaron Ramsey took his goal well, and what was his final North London derby for Arsenal before yeah. he jets off to UA? Yeah, and it was a good counter attack performance for Arsenal in general. They they missed some poor chances that they should have converted really, uh, both Aubameyang and Lacazette. Uh, but then it kind of comes down to the refereeing in a lot of well a lot of ways in this. I, there basically it was Arsenal one 0 up. They were fairly comfortable. And then they could see they, they had the best chances. Yeah, and then they concede a penalty from a free kick, a soft free kick at that. That came in, and uh, trust Shakran Mustafi to uh, decide to foul Harry Kane in the box. For, like Harry Kane was offside along with about four other top, every other Tottenham player, every other say, Tottenham yeah. player who was in the box. They're all offside, but apparently the rule states that it may be may have been overturned with fire in there. But apparently the rule states the foul started happening before the free kick was being played. Yeah, it's such a so, weird interpretation, and again goes back. I don't to think the referee my, was thinking in that interpretation. No, I don't either. think he was either. But I think just, they presumed he was onside. It goes back to my problem with the offside rule as it stands is just is so up to interpretation. Yeah. Like because Harry Kane didn't properly make a jump for the ball, he's not technically in play, but he was in. Put, then like, it's not a foul. Like I think, I think yeah, true. But I think yeah. the fact that uh, Mustafi did something so stupid and almost deserved. <laughs> Because yeah. if he was onside, it was a penalty for me, like without doubt. It was yeah. just the fact that he was in an offside position that puts a puts a dark cloud. I over felt it. bad for Burnt Leno though, because it was his. It was probably his best performance. Yeah, that double save he made yeah. right before well, the end of the first half. Yeah, was amazing. Yeah, and that's like well, <laughs> every all that's worth nothing because Shakram Mustafi's on the field, and it seems like. People were discussing before this match started, like Spurs fans in particular, that Hugo Lloris was was guaranteed a mistake against the big team. 
He, he, I, I would say he was up off the first Chelsea goal as well. So that's two poor games now for him. Yeah, but uh, Lloris is... is the, my point is, I don't think Lloris really made a, a bad mistake in the match. But, like, not really. But Mustafi. Yeah. Like, whatever about Lloris getting criticised and I go against big teams, he doesn't show up and blah, blah, blah. Even though, whatever. He broke up winner, like, yeah. both of them. But Mustafi just... what Like, every single match he's in now, almost, he'll make some kind of kamikaze-like error like it started off as something like oh there's Mustafi making a mistake yeah. every few games now it is literally just oh yeah, I'm every just, uh, single sitting here waiting for Mustafi yeah. he'll do sometimes he'll get away with it sometimes he'll be outside the box sometimes he'll fly in and it won't matter something else will happen to he'll be just a defender to cover yeah. or Leno will make a save or he'll get a yellow card or you know some, something like this will happen but like every time Mustafi gets caught out now the other side of it like they did their job Spurs did their job and again held on for the rest of the match again and then the penalty to Arsenal. Uh, the penalty to Arsenal then, like, watching, I just knew Aubameyang was going to miss. Like, there was just something about, like... The, it was a soft his, penalty to start with as well. It was. I, I don't know what's that evening thing as I, well. I felt a bit like it was. Because maybe he saw it or he heard it, like, Jesus, he shouldn't have given that penalty. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't think it was that obvious of a penalty. Like, sure, you might see it given it was the a odd silly. Time. It was a silly thing to do, though. And you're, like, a def- when you're a yeah. defender, like, stay on your feet. Don't just win. keep goal side. Yeah, like, like let him trust in your keep. And maybe it was a thing that they went. They didn't trust in Hugo Lloris to make the save if necessary. But then he stepped up for the penalty, and it was still a good save, even if there was a if even if it was a poor penalty. Yeah, but also that's kind of the way. I never liked Aubameyang taking penalties that much. I think like Ozil was on the field, he could have done a better job. Even at he's, that point. he's missed penalties very He has well, an no. important penalties at that, but Aubameyang has that style of penalty where he does just. I saw a lot of criticism of Twitter on him. Like, what do you think he was doing? That's the way he always takes all of his penalties. He stands basically and he takes a very short kind of walk, like run up. And I remember him missing one in a big game before as yeah. well when he was at Dortmund in the Champions League. He's missing for Edison. Arsenal as well already. Yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a case that he probably wouldn't have taken it if other players were on if the pitch. If Lacazette had for on the pitch. Yeah. Like, he's scored a few, hasn't he? And the, yeah, he has. But that's also a problem with Arsenal that I think Emery's had all season. There is no hierarchy of anything on that field like you don't know where anyone and this is this is a, a bit of an issue with chopping and changing teams all the time like I said there was four big players dropped between last week's match comfortable 5-1 victory over Bournemouth and the Spurs match which were like they're all the attacking players basically Lacazette Obam, or Aubameyang Ozil Torreira and uh, somebody else who I've completely blanked on no uh, not McIntyre because he played I can't remember because Ramsey and Xhaka yeah, came it in. Was, it was who was the other player yeah. that he came that uh, Xhaka came in for? Whatever player that was. Um, they were all dropped. And it was like, okay, that's fine. But if you do that, you have to... Like, is there... There is, doesn't seem to be a hierarchy. Like, okay, so Aubameyang isn't a gen- guaranteed starter. Ozil obviously hasn't been a guaranteed starter all season. So he's one of the most senior players. One of the captains in inverted commas. And had a good game. So he's out. Ramsey's leaving at the end of the year. So he's gone. And at that point, anyway, he was off. So where where is the where is the leadership in that team? Who's deciding who's taking the penalties? Who's deciding who's leading the uh, the game from on the for Emery on the pitch? And I think that's lacking greatly in Arsenal. Like Aubameyang shouldn't have taken that penalty, but he shouldn't have taken that penalty one because he won the penalty, and I think. Our, our, this is the thing Arsene Wenger said many many years ago he doesn't think a player generally speaking if it's like a handball or something it's fine but if a player gets fouled for a penalty at, at, at such an important moment they shouldn't be allowed to take the penalty because they'd be 
a lot of things like you don't know how that has affected him now it was a soft foul so maybe you could have let it away in this case but like it's not a bad rule to maintain if you win a penalty don't take the penalty just because you could be hurt you could be injured you could have extra channel you could be angry you can't be like those things if you need to take a penalty you have to be cool and calm and in that case Aubameyang wasn't and he's done it before so I think there's there's whatchamacallit for it there's precedence for it for him not taking penalties in that way but he did he missed the penalty uh, was it Vertonghen made an unbelievable yeah really good last ditch tackle from the rebound to stop a, stop a certain goal Arsenal couldn't get anything else between then and the rest of the rest of the stoppage time and they drew one all which kind of screws them up because I don't know how much we're going to talk about Manchester United. Yeah, I was just going to say, now ultimately that draw leaves them fifth place yeah. now, uh, one point behind Manchester United, who have got back up to fourth. And what, six points or still seven points off? Uh, I think it's only like four points off uh, Tottenham. I will check yeah. that. But yeah. it could have, yeah, four points off Tottenham, you're right, and it would have been one point if they'd won. Yeah. if, if Tot- It would have been three if Tottenham had lost. Yes. But Arsenal would have been one point off if they had beaten Tottenham. Yeah, it's whatever it is, but it would have blown the top four title race back into four teams. Yeah, I, I still think Tottenham are in that battle, but they just have that little bit of a cushion now because yeah. of the draw. But like they still have a couple of games coming up that if their form continues as it is, they could end up yeah. just completely. If they play like that against any team better than Arsenal League, which there are several of, yeah, they would have lost that match comfortably. Because yeah, home or away. The XG, like I, I don't really want to go into the stats of the whole match, but the XG was something like two to one besides the penalties. Or two to point six or something like that. Yeah, they actually so, had big chances that yeah. they just fluffed. Uh but Manchester United it was a three two winning at Southampton. Uh, Valerie, the right back for Southampton, gets his first goal, which is always good, I suppose, to see uh players get their first goal in Valerie. such a Yeah, in such a nice stadium. It was it was such a, <laughs> such a nice stadium. Well, like you know, it's a big stadium. Yeah. It'd just be like scoring an Anfield or in yeah, the yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh but it was such a weird game because Southampton like Southampton could have been three 0 down within like ten minutes and then yeah. all of a sudden they got that bit more control. Ashley Young remains one of the worst players in his position in the league, yeah. I would say. Agreed. Uh, I don't think anyone can disagree with that. Like yeah. the, the man is amazing; he doesn't get sent off every single week. Yeah, he like could easily could have given away a penalty, or well, it's still nil nil. I think it was. And then Valerie scores his absolute rocket, really good finish. Like I, I saw a couple of people saying criticizing David De Gea, but I think it was just the pace on the shot was yeah. just incredible. Like Stephen Kerr. Yeah, I don't think anyone could have saved that. Yeah. And then uh, Magic and I kind of that kind of took the like it really sucked the air out of Old Trafford, which had been kind of mm. a bit louder than usual because it is normally quite quiet. Uh, but then it wasn't really until like the last five or six minutes of the, match of the first half man I started getting going and then once Alexis Sanchez came off injured like Manchester United burst into life it's amazing that, that yeah. those two events were like what, is he out for the rest of the season I wonder yeah he, apparently it's a, a knee ligament injury oh, yeah. so. so maybe he's just that's the end of him Manchester United yeah like, maybe yeah. pretty convenient yeah um, it right, is but, isn't it Diogo Dallo who was signed as a right back played as uh, number seven or number eleven and uh, was pretty good when he came on. He got an assist early, or he was pretty crucial in the first goal. I don't think yeah. he got the assist, but Andreas Pereira scoring a fantastic strike. It was all five goals were pretty impressive. Yeah, it's very rare to see a goal, a game with so many goals and all of them be of such quality. Because uh, like James Ward Prowse, I said earlier with yeah. his free kick, that was a quality free kick. Not much. The new David Beckham as he's been called for the last yeah. five years. Even though I don't think he scores as many free kicks as no, he does uh, take his a reputation. few. Though. Yeah, he does take a few. 
uh, then uh, Lukaku scoring back in the goals uh, midweek and then continuing that form. Probably could have got a hat-trick in both games because he missed a really yeah, good but chance that's been overstated, But that's been overlooked because he scored, he'd least scored a goal. Yeah, and then he didn't take the penalty at the last minute. Yeah. Although he probably would have missed that because his penalty record is terrible. Mm. Uh, well, that moves Manchester United up to fourth now. They've won their last eight away games in the league for the first time or in all competitions rather for the first time yeah first time in their history they've done that which is bizarre that Solskjaer is somehow to do it Uh, it I actually was really impressed with the Crystal Palace performance because they have had so many injuries Crystal Palace is a difficult place to go yeah and they won Crystal Palace are on holiday so you forget yeah (laughs) but Crystal Palace did have a couple chances there but Manchester United were mostly comfortable uh, and they've got Arsenal coming up next week, which is a huge match yeah. for them. Yeah, and I think we'll talk about them more in the preview side of that show. And then to close out the news, Barcelona have left Real Madrid for dust. They're out of the Copa del Rey now, Real Madrid, and effectively out of La Liga. Oh, they are without a doubt without out of La Liga. They're out of the Copa del Rey. They've got humiliated at home. 3 Prob- nil, yeah. Both matches were humiliations, to be honest. The 3 nil probably more so because Real Madrid were probably the better side in that match, but yeah. they just got picked apart on but the counter. Barca didn't even put out like their full side in the league match. Yeah. They, they like, rested players or pad them on the bench and didn't really get out of second gear. And they were still just like comfortable against Real Madrid, especially once the goal went in. Yeah, it was a good finish by Rakitic. Yeah. The, the most underrated player in the world, according to Jose Mourinho. Well... I think he's pretty well rated. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he is. He's about to leave Barcelona. I'm very whelmed by uh, yeah. <laughs> Ivan Rakitic, uh, who, yeah, seems like Barcelona are trying to get rid of. In oh, the he's summer. gone in the yeah. summer. There's no he, doubt he, about that. He's still a good player, but he is on high wages there, and he is old now. Yeah. Uh, so I can see him winding down in the next couple of years. Go to yeah. Inter Milan, sounds like a nice place. Yeah, or China. Or China, or, China, China, or yeah. Japan, or something. Or he could go back to Sevilla, perhaps. Yeah, that would, that'd be nice for him. Uh, but Barcelona, looks like they've wrapped up the La Liga title. Yeah, they've still I don't got see... Atletico kind of chasing them. Yeah, I don't see Atletico overturning the difference. I think Atletico are focusing on Champions League as much yeah, as anyone but, else like, is. Surprisingly enough for Atletico, they've got, they're likely to bypass Juventus now. Yeah, that was a good win for them. Yeah, so ago. in the Champions League. So likely they will have a run as long as they don't face Real Madrid the next yeah. one. They probably back them to go on to at least the semi-finals and then Barcelona have an incredible record in Copa del Rey they've won it the last three or four years in a row they're going to win it again <laughs> I think uh, the 2014 final when Gareth Bale scored that goal where oh, he, he ran, ran like, off the field yeah, yeah I think that's the last time they lost in the Copa del Rey yeah. Copa del Rey let alone uh, in the final but yeah. yeah incredible record for them and they'll probably do the double at the very least so this year. Mark Bartra's career <laughs> yeah pretty much you can go for stats that's that's the way people that don't understand football analyze football is with stats. I don't go for stat. I don't go for stat. We are left with nine games to go in the Premier League season, but instead of letting it all unfold before our very eyes, we thought we'd save you all the hassle of wondering how it would play out by telling you right now. Going week by week in chronological order, let's start with Chelsea against Brighton, even though that probably won't be played for another few weeks. A match that was supposed to be played on the 24th of February, but it's now been delayed indefinitely till a date that can be fixed, I don't know when. Yeah. So this is a hard game to read because, well... We don't know when it'll happen. Yeah, so like Um, if that had happened when it was supposed to happen, I probably would have come with the draw, but... I think I'll go with a Chelsea win on this one. I would have to go for a Chelsea win, even though it could happen at a stage from Brighton. See, there's two things. Brighton could get, still get relegated. Yeah, they only won the first game in 2019 this weekend yeah, against so, Huddersfield at home. Which, you know, you is a, a gimme. Yeah. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, we'll yet, we're yet to be seeing how Brighton will do. Like they they still could be dragged well into that uh, that quandary. They are five points clear of the relegation zone at the moment. But yeah, I I I do expect Chelsea to probably remain victorious of that. And then we'll move to uh, next weekend now, the 9th of March. Yeah, we're all, God, we're already in March. There's only one match concerning at the top six being played on the 9th of March, and that's Man City versus Watford. Uh, Tottenham are playing Southampton as well. Oh, sorry. So, Southampton against Tottenham. Southampton played well on Saturday against Manchester United. You know, they're the closest ones to relegation in 17th place. They need a big performance. Tottenham have lost their last couple of matches barring the North London area which they drew. Mm-hmm. So how do you see this one playing out? Who do you think is going to win that one? I... I I honestly believe that Spurs will probably do that. Like Southampton are going to get dragged into that relegation battle. Well, they are. They are, they're very but they're going to get deep in it. Okay, I'll say they'll get dragged into the relegation zone. I'd say after next week, because in fairness to Southampton, they haven't played badly last weeks, but their run of fixtures has been. You feel bad for them. Like they've had Arsenal, they've had Manchester United. They're going to have Tottenham. Back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. it's like so. It's rough on them to be honest, but they're going to like they'll put up a show. I think it'll be a close match, but Tottenham to win that. Uh, I think I'll go with a Southampton win there. Just I think Ooh. I think they they put in the the hard work there. I think they can. They've blown a few leads this season, but I think they might see this one through. Just because Tottenham's form has been terrible, and they're playing midweek as well. Yeah. Then uh, Manchester City Watford hard to look past a Manchester City win there. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. Then the, the following day is Liverpool Burnley. I think that's going to be at home at Anfield. It's going to be a Liverpool win. It has to. Yeah, Burnley have lost the last three games in a row now. Yeah, and they they probably have enough to carry them through into the next season of the Premier League because there will be three worse teams than them. Yeah, and they've got easier fixtures coming up. Yeah, than but uh, Liverpool I away. I see Liverpool dominantly dominantly taking that, especially because of the week that they've had, and they'll have seven days as we discussed yeah. to prepare for it. And then two big enough games like Chelsea against Wolves. Wolves have a pretty good record against the top sides. Yeah. Uh, uh, I still think Chelsea will win it just because Wolves away from home in London against the Chelsea side. That well, they got a 1-1 draw at uh, the Emirates. Yeah, so. yeah, but that's against Arsenal. Arsenal and Chelsea are at the same side. So well, they might as well be at this point. Like, will Kepa come back? Well, he played weekend against Fulham today yeah, in a 2-1 win. Will he come back again because what's going to happen at the Europa League stage this week? Because... Uh, they're off to see who are they playing they're playing Dan McKeever at home at home so they have the first home match out of the way yeah for the if it was a way match to Kiev I think I would have given Wolves a bit of a uh, an edge there but I think Chelsea I'll say say with the big side there Chelsea to win Uh, I think Wolves they beat them in the reverse fixture at home and I think they're actually more likely to perform against the big side away from home in the air at the Molyneux so I, I think I'll go to draw there Okay. good one all draw then the last big match next weekend is at half five and which is a strange enough time, isn't it? Uh, no, I think these times that uh, we have in front of us are not. Uh, oh yeah, they're, they're on. They're on. Yeah. So Arsenal, Manchester United at I, the Emirates. At the Emirates, they've already played the Emirates this year under with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as manager in the FA Cup. Man three United one won three one, which kind of flattered them, but they were the better side. Yeah, they took their chances. They played the counter attack. Alexis Sanchez, you know, scoring a goal, scoring which is a, a rare goal. Lukaku playing on the right wing, playing very well. That was a different time in that Manchester United had a lot more players being fit. This week, I think, as as I alluded to earlier, Manchester United have a big match against Paris Saint-Germain away in Paris on Wednesday night. I think Manchester United will throw everything at that match. I don't think it'll be enough to see them through because they are that far behind. Yeah, I can't see Manchester They're not going to overturn through that one, 3-0. Yeah. Like, they're not going to do that. 
so that will take a lot of them. Arsenal have to go to Rennes on Thursday night, so they, they do have, like, Man United have the advantage of an extra day of rest over Arsenal, but they are at home, and given that Arsenal kind of threw away the, the game against Spurs, I would expect them to show up against Rennes as well in the Europa League, given that, like, how bad they went against Bate Borisov in the first leg away, so um, I think I'll give Arsenal a slight edge on this. Yeah, this is, this is a hard one to read. Like, it's very easy to just say a draw because that's the yeah. easy thing to say. Yeah. And I, I'm kind of leaning towards a draw. Like, Man United as well have a very good record. It's I think Emirates. both teams would take a draw. I think both teams would as well, especially if Chelsea do drop points earlier in the day. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'll go with a draw on this one just because both teams will be playing midweek. Pogba will have a bit of a rest, which I think he needs because he looked very tired. So it's probably one of his worst performances mm. under Solskjaer. So uh, Pogba get a bit of a rest. He might might need a big game from him for yeah. United to get a draw. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with a draw on that one. Nice nil nil for us. <laughs> the following week, then we open up uh, stuff with Wolves against Arsenal. Well, Arsenal have an absolutely dreadful away record. They do, and Wolves have a very good record against big sides. And I backed that Wolves would lose the previous match against Chelsea as well, and Arsenal would have just played. Four games in a week again. Yeah, they would have played Ren again. This would have been their four, fourth match in seven days or whatever. Or just over seven days. Uh, I can't see Arsenal losing it because I don't think Wolves are that good. I don't know, I stand by that, that Wolves, Wolves are a very solid defensive side. But are, if Arsenal have attacking players, which they probably would have because... Well, Lacazette will have been rested because exactly. he's suspended. Yeah, and Emery has his weird way of rotating teams. You don't know who he's putting out his strongest team against. Uh, so I would say probably that's going to be a draw. What do you think? Yeah, it's it is a tough one. Wolves they won at the weekend pretty comfortably. I can't remember who they were playing now. I think was it Cardiff? Did they beat Cardiff three 0 Hard to kind of read into mm. beating Cardiff. Yeah, even if it is three 0 Yeah, this one like I just Arsenal's away form is what's kind of tipping me towards thinking about Wolves because it's just Wolves. Are the seven best side in England? I think at the moment, bar maybe Watford, like they're very close, neck and neck. There. Yeah, I think That's Wolves. Still not saying much. No, it isn't. But I still think Wolves are going to push to try get Europa League because they're the kind of club with that kind of ambition. Uh, again, this match. I think, well, currently sixth place won't even get to Europa. Actually, League. I was just thinking about this. The this match could be postponed. In fact, it probably will be postponed because uh, Wolves are playing in the FA Cup that weekend. I think. Yeah. So who knows when that match could happen? It True. could could True. even happen with Arsenal and with a Europa League semi final coming up. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna go with Wolves win that one. I think two one. Okay. The next match, which again, we must qualify with Man United playing Man City. We oh, have no we idea know, yeah. when that will be. But just on basis, I think of it's this, the end of April. I'm I am absolutely back in Man City to win. Yeah, that match. I back Man City to win that one, like three one or something. Yeah. And then after that, the next big teams to play that weekend will be. Tottenham Crystal Palace Tottenham at home Crystal Palace I think Tottenham will win that yeah, one yeah Tottenham will win that one as well I agree uh, Fulham then against Liverpool <laughs> in London Liverpool will win that heavily Liverpool to win that yeah easily uh, so. then Everton Chelsea I think Everton are one of the most meek sides in England even if Chelsea are kind of uh, you can get at Chelsea I think that's a comfortable win for Chelsea I'm going to go for a draw on that match because I don't think uh, it's, a, it's at Goodison there will be wind Oh, wind. <laughs> uh, so and Chelsea, you know, while they can, I think get a team still. Who knows what state they'll be at that point after Dynamo Kiev again away this time. True, in Ukraine, yeah. And then having to come back to Liverpool, I and there'll still be bad weather as well. You can It's not going to turn nice all of a sudden. Yeah, because so this match be will be played next week because neither side is in the FA Cup anymore. So that yeah. will be 
held next weekend. Yeah, so I, I think Everton will at least get a draw there. So um, next up we have Manchester United or Manchester City away to Fulham. A poor Fulham. Yeah, Fulham are just getting battered. Yeah, here, I think really. that might see Fulham getting relegated yeah, effectively or, or be like not mathematically, but you know, getting out being being pushed out of the out of the running to stay up. After that we have Manchester United against Watford. Similar to the way Watford capitulated to Liverpool, I see them capitulating to Manchester United. Yeah, I, I don't think Watford will put up much of a fight here. Like when Watford were in good form earlier on in the season, Man United had just yeah. off the back of a couple of defeats. Man United still won at Watford, yeah. so I think that's a that's a handy win for Solskjaer. I think the next match is Cardiff City against Chelsea. I think this will be a classic uh, Chelsea away win. And yeah, one nil. Watch McCollum getting very angry. Neil Warnock. Neil Warnock getting Colin Warnock getting very angry. And then we have the biggest um, match of the weekend. After definitely, that. yeah. Liverpool against Tottenham at Anfield. <laughs> I can only see it going to Liverpool. Yeah, I, I think I Liverpool will have to win that. They, they, you know, at the the next two weeks will be a fairly, not what's the word for it, not limp, but it'll be a fairly un, in a uneventful league campaign for Liverpool unless they start dropping points majorly. I can see them comfortably sco- scooting through the next couple of weeks and then coming to this big pressurized Liverpool Tottenham match, whether. Either team is in the Champions League anymore at that stage. You you know you'd have to say because it's fifty fifty with Liverpool. You'd expect Chelsea, Man City will be. Yeah, Tottenham but, you would as well. Yeah, because they're they're carrying that. So there'll be Champions League commitments coming up either you know that week. So who's going to put more into the Champions League at that point? If Liverpool are knocked out, I think if Liverpool are knocked out, they're comfortably winning against Tottenham, who are yeah, probably still in it. Exactly, and they'll be resting players for it. So that for that for other reasons, but that apparently as well as that. I'll give Liverpool the edge in that one. And then Arsenal against Newcastle at the Emirates. I can only see Arsenal. Yeah, it's a home win. Like yeah. Raffel, Raffel will show up to that. And then uh, we're on the 33rd game week now. We're heading into the uh, Everton against Arsenal. We're in April now. Yeah. Getting into the business end of the it's season. It's coming up quickly. This uh, is after an international break. Yeah, we've already had an international break. The Europa League is still kicking on for Arsenal, you would assume at this point. You would think so, but Everton... I think they'll be close, if not already, on holidays yeah. after the international break. So I think Arsenal will have to go to away. Especially, I think, given that the previous week Spurs would have lost, which may have put Spurs within range of Arsenal yeah. again. And they had that bit of extra motivation. And Spurs, the next big match of the weekend, is Spurs against Brighton Hove Albion. So I think, you know, Brighton, while they're in that relegation battle, they're not dug directly into it, but they're still there, thereabouts. I think that might be a match that Brighton might target against a weakened Tottenham who as we said would be between Champions League titles yeah. you'd expect and they could be fatigued as they have been earlier in the season I think that could be a match that Brighton could take at least a draw out of uh, I'll back both North London clubs to win that one I think Okay, just because I think uh, Brighton haven't been very good lately I think the everyone's kind of figured out what to do against Brighton you can only defend like that for so long before you get really tired. I, of it I think as well. that's unfair against Brighton because I think Brighton tried to do a bit more. I think they're constrained by the players that they have, that they don't have a creativity. The only thing they can do is play traditional foot, old school football, getting the ball down the edge, getting out wide and crossing it in. They just needed a better striker than they have. If they had, even if they had some of the players that are currently at, like. Um, if they had Aaron Moy, who's at Huddersfield. Yeah, or if they had, like, Ashley Barnes. Yeah, or someone Andre like, Gray or yeah, something Yeah, like someone like that I think would do wonders for Brighton. But then said they have Glenn Murray. Yeah, he was so done a good job. He has, but it's not the his same. His time is gone. Yeah, well, it's nice. 35 or something, isn't it? I think he's 36 now. Oh, God. Anyway, the next match is Man City-Cardiff. 3-0. Yeah, that's going to be a comfortable victory for City. 
After that, we have... Wolves against Manchester United, who... Away in yeah. Wolves, I think that that's a Manchester United away win. Continue Manchester United's fine away form. That match actually definitely won't be happening that weekend because they play each other in the FA Cup. Yeah, they could have two matches. And that's that's the FA Cup quarterfinal weekend and yeah. one of them's guaranteed to play there. So we don't know when that match... If That match might actually be moved to the midweek before. Yeah. And but I still stand by Man United to go away and win. Like, Wolves have had a strong season, the same as Watford, but I see them losing... Like they're a good bit off. They're probably going to comfortably finish in the seventh to ninth positions. Yeah, but I, I, my I see them losing a lot of matches has now. Been the very the good. Yeah. So yeah, it is hard to look past that. Yeah, my United win. Chelsea playing West Ham in the London Derby at Stamford Bridge as well that weekend. I think Chelsea should win. That yeah, one, I, Ch- I would agree with that. That West Ham. Not that they'll be on summer holidays, but they're going to be on summer holidays. Yeah, Pellegrini's earned a few weeks off. At the, yeah, they're going to be comfortably there, thereabouts level. Probably, by default, they'll probably pick up just as many points as Wolves would be for between now and the end of the season. And in that regard, they'll they'll you know have a bit of, what's the word, pride about their season finish. They'll, they might finish as high as seventh. I wouldn't put it past them. And then the final one that weekend is um, against Liverpool. Virgil van Dijk and, and co against their former side. See, the, like, this is, as we said the last couple of weeks before this, is like Southampton are really getting, it's, Southampton have such a bad run in the middle there that they need to be picking up some of these points yeah. that they're losing badly to Arsenal. They're losing badly. And not that they're not putting in, they're not putting in bad performances, they're putting in good performances, which is even more depressing. And they're just getting beaten by slightly better teams in terms of Manchester United and Arsenal. And I think Liverpool will do the same against them as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Up next in week in match day 34, Crystal Palace, the only team, or not the only team, but remember when they were the only team, weren't they, to beat uh, Man City earlier in the season? At one point they were. Uh, they're playing at home. I think this is Man City wanting revenge, and I think that's a Man City victory, despite uh, inclusive of the fact that Crystal Palace will be on holidays. Uh, I think Crystal Palace will be up for this one. I think Roy the boy might want to do a little favor for uh, Liverpool. <laughs> I think Roy the boy. Yeah, Roy the boy. I love I love a little Roy the boy there. So I think I think Crystal Palace can actually get something out of this game because they've been on holidays before in a sense and still gotten results against big yeah. teams. They did it against uh, Liverpool back in Istanbul. Uh, of 2014 when they were 3-0 nil down and drew 3-all yeah. so Crystal Palace like to have a say in the in the title race and I think a few teams will feel like they want to have a say and not just roll over for champions elect of uh, Man City or Liverpool so I think uh, I think Crystal Palace might get something out of this one especially because Man City will probably have Champions League as well at that stage yeah. if they're still in it and I think Pep cares more about the Champions League as well mm. for his own legacy and the way that you're talking about Klopp so I think uh, I think a draw on this one. Okay. Well, Liverpool are playing Chelsea as well, probably on that Saturday. How do you see Liverpool Chelsea going at that point at Anfield? Oh, yeah, Remember the a... match earlier in the season when it was like everyone celebrating football? Yeah, Sarri and Klopp having a nice laugh. Afterwards. Yeah, I don't see they having a nice laugh this time. No, a lot more tension. I think Liverpool will win that because they have to win them at this at that point. Yeah, and I think Chelsea will be. If Chelsea Sarri is even the manager of Chelsea at that point, I think he'll still be man. I think he'll. I don't know. I still think he has another. He has another wobbly to throw between now and the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, I think if I think they'll just wait till the end of the season at that point to just get rid of him Maybe. if they go but that route. Big Chang Franco. Yeah, he's there. Like he is there, but uh, I think uh, I think Sarri will last for the rest of the season. I think the last week or so is kind of ensured that he will. Because he's proven now that he can, you know, get a, get the players playing another few games anyway. 
Uh, I think Chelsea still need to qualify for Champions League. Yeah, I don't see them do it. I don't see them doing it. I don't see them rolling. I think they're guaranteed to be one of those fifth or sixth positions. Yeah, this fixture list is not kind to them at all. No, I, I, I think Liverpool all the way. Yeah, it's hard to look past. See, it depends on the pressure as well, Liverpool. Because I've had Man City drop points, it is interesting where because we don't know where when those fixtures will be played on the TV, yeah. or at least it's not written here in front of us. So if Liverpool already know that a win will put them top, I could see yeah, that's them, to see it be great motivation for them. Whereas if they play before Man City, then I don't and think that really plays, the way they could have, uh, plays a role. I think Liverpool will probably be top anyway at this point because they will have games in hand over Man City. Yeah, true. Or Man City will have games in hand over them, rather, and they'll just have gone top by default. Yeah, I'll go to Liverpool win their revenge for Mourinho in 2013 yeah, and 2014. Yeah, if nothing else, because it would be the 13th of February that weekend anyway. Next up then we have, I think, fairly straightforward ties. Man United playing West Ham at Old yeah, Trafford. Yeah, Man United are usually very comfortable against West Ham at yeah. home. And as we said, summer holidays. So one nil to Manchester, or one, yeah, a victory, whatever it is going to yeah. be. Um, uh, then Tottenham against Huddersfield, that 3-0. Yeah, victory for Spurs in that match. And, and then Watford Arsenal. As I said, Watford have a lot of matches the same as Wolves same as West Ham the same as Leicester even although Leicester probably have even more to prove for Brendan Rodgers as manager I think all of those teams are going to lose to all the big teams They'll be, yeah. they're safe they've not nothing much to play for and if the big teams show up and have something to play for they will beat these teams the only way that Watford and West Ham and Wolves will beat the top teams the top six teams in this spell is if it suddenly becomes like they. It suddenly becomes clear to Chelsea or Arsenal or Man United or Spurs or whoever else that the season's not worth it anymore, and they don't show up and they cause their own little mini scandal. I I see Arsenal winning that match. Yeah, see, I, I think it's a lot. I don't think it's as straightforward as that for Arsenal. I think Tottenham and Man United. I think it should be straightforward because Manchester United will be out of Europe by then, unless some miracle has happened for Solskjaer, <laughs> which knowing him is possible. You never know. He's got. He's he is a magician after yeah. all. Uh, I think Tottenham will probably be out of Europe by then, despite their best efforts. Like the, that's the semi-final stage by then. I'd say, so I think they'll be out of Europe by then and just trying to pick up points, qualify for Europe next year. And it's Huddersfield at home, which is the easiest fixture you could ask for. Whereas Arsenal have a pretty poor record. I want to say, like they lost last year at Vicarage Road. Their away yeah. form is pretty bad as it is. They'll probably have Europa League. They'll probably still be in Europa League. I think at that stage. Well, so like, yeah. I could see them just focusing on Europa League and only picking it up could points come to here that. and there. It could come to that, but I, I think they're they're still, with the fixture, like the fixture list for Arsenal isn't awful. Yeah, They've played all their tough matches and they're still within touching distance. So I think that, that they could just pick be picking up the points against these smaller sides who don't have much to play for. Yeah. It's that that comes back to. Under normal, normal circumstances, when there is a more to be played for in the season... I think absolutely Watford could, and West Ham and Wolves or any of these teams could take the bigger sides. But at Trudini, this point, though. yeah, but Trudini at this, loves uh, loves to get. Trudini Arsenal. might be playing like he, he could be being rested for the FA Cup at that point. Especially yeah, this is a Watford side that could still be competing in the FA Cup. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm gonna go with an Arsenal victory there. I think. Okay, we're almost there. We're on match day 35. Four games to go for all these sides. Arsenal so, against Crystal Palace. At Arsenal to win think, that one. I think it's a, it's a draw because Palace love putting something in the ointment for Arsenal. Even if it is at the Emirates, I could see for the same reasons you listed out there for against Watford that uh, Arsenal could still be in the Europa League, could be tired. This could be a Saturday match, lunchtime match, because it's London Derby. And Palace love putting something in there. They beat Arsenal earlier in the season, if you remember. And they could do it again. So I don't remember. 
But yeah, that's what, that's what happened. Or was it a draw? I think it might have been a draw, actually. Uh, after that, we have Cardiff. Liverpool fairly straightforward, I think. Yeah, I think Cardiff might even be relegated at that point. Yeah, exactly. We have Chelsea-Burnley. I think that's at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, Chelsea victory. Chelsea to get that one. Uh, Manchester United away at Goodison against Everton. I think that's a Man United away win to keep that record going. Yeah, Everton have just been so meek this season. I don't yeah. expect anything from them. Like, not not really. Like they could put a performance or two in, but they do love a performance at Goodison against Manchester. Yeah, United. so that at other be... times they've just not shown up. Like I yeah. remember them losing three 0 to Louis Van Hal side. I think one point, by, which was by, very meek. Exactly. I think by this point in the season, though, I think Everton might be cruising to the end of the season yeah Man City are playing Spurs that weekend as well that's a pretty big game yeah I think that's a Man City victory it's at home it's at the it's at the Etihad victory Man City all over it and rolling towards the title no I think uh, Champions League could kick in there I think Spurs could still be in the Champions League Spurs I don't think they will whereas I think well, Man that's City quarter, will that's be. still a quarter final stage isn't it that's, we, that's a, that must be a semi-final it's the end of April at that yeah, stage yeah but we don't have tournament this summer so they go later yeah, I'd still maybe I'd, it is. I mean, but Spurs could still be in it. Like I don't think they will, but they could manage a quarterfinal I think, shot. I think Pochettino needs a big performance at the end of the season as well. Like, yeah, we, well, we, at we that predicted point, a lot say, of po- drop points for Tottenham. Yeah, I think Spurs could be already in trouble when it comes to top four finish. At that point. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a Tottenham win. Even, even though I think Spurs are probably still most likely to finish third. But the following week, then we have Man City against Burnley. In, yeah, a comfortable win for <laughs> away Man City. From home. Yeah, again, rolling towards the league title. They've yeah, had their... and then Leicester against Arsenal. I could see Arsenal drop a points there because you mentioned Brendan Rodgers needing to prove a point. He especially needs to prove a point against a big time. Does so. he ever do anything against Arsenal? Though? I think he always lost against or drew. Like, drawing was his best results against Arsenal except for the 5 0. Yeah, the 5 1. Yeah, Martin Skirtle. <laughs> Martin Skirtle, amazing player. It's but yeah, I can, see, I can see. We, we can say too. I, I'd say. I think that will be a draw. I think you're probably right. I think uh, with Leicester having to prove something that match, I think Leicester might win that match. Um, Liverpool to trash or sales. Yeah, that'll be a that'll be a. Bit uh, of a match Man United Chelsea next. Man, that's a weird just fixture because it always goes against form that match. But that match is so strange because over the last like ten years or so, Manchester United have always won at home and Chelsea have always won at home. They've just traded wins. But it's always, I think it's almost always gone. I think it's a coincidence that they've been home and away. I think it's always gone with form. And I think you almost always go against form. So who do you think is a better side at that point? And you bet for the other team. Like when it's Chelsea going towards league titles, Man United will win. When it's Man United going towards doing something, Chelsea will pull out a victory out of nowhere. So I think for that regard that Chelsea will win that match. No, I I can't. It's at Old Trafford. It's at Old Trafford. They can can lose matches at Old Trafford. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think just Manchester United against... I feel like Manchester United's record in recent years at Old Trafford against Chelsea has been very good and I just yeah, I would expect them to keep that going. Okay, I think Chelsea win that. Yep, fair enough. We'll still need uh, to calculate this Spurs, in a minute. Spurs are playing West Ham at home. Spurs, I think, would have lost the previous week. So I think they, they'll have to bounce back in that London derby. I know the West Ham and Spurs is always a tough match to call. But West Ham Spurs, do love a performance against I think Tottenham. I think Spurs will win that. But yeah, it's at Wembley or maybe even Tottenham we never, Stadium. Never even spoke about how the record was ruined yesterday. Yeah, the the undrawables have been drawn. The yeah. first draw in thirty five matches is a disgrace. Really, it is, yeah, Anthony Taylor and should be ashamed of himself. Really, a Pierre Emerick or Bumiyan should have been yeah. thinking about that when he yeah. took his penalty. Not a yeah. should he should he get a win for his team. But yeah, I think Tottenham will win that one. And then two games to go, round thirty seven, penultimate game of the season. 
Arsenal against Brighton. We don't know where Arsenal are in the table at this point. They could be fifth and six points off Man United, and they've just given up and they're focusing on the. They could be, the but Europa like, League and Brighton could Brighton be in a, in a relegation battle. battle. But it's at the Emirates. Arsenal tend to beat the smaller sides. The Emirates, they do. Yeah. So I would say Arsenal to win that. Yeah. Bournemouth are playing at home to Spurs. I think that Spurs against getting a win against Bournemouth there. Simple as Bournemouth will be safe at that point. I think they've got their six points to get to forty. And they'll be on holidays. So you said Tottenham will win that. Spurs will win that. Okay, I thought you said the other way around. No, no, no. Uh, Chelsea are playing Watford at home. I think that's a Chelsea win. I yeah, think Watford same thing we said about Watford against other teams. Huddersfield are playing Manchester United. I think that's pretty obvious that's going to Manchester United. Yeah, and then Manchester City against Leicester. I think Brendan Rodgers might do his old side a little favour here. He'll want to try, but I think Man City at home. I think Man City will have the better. Have we seen uh, Pep Guardiola up against uh, Big Brendo before? No. Oh, I can't wait for that. We've seen King Carlo and uh, Zidane, I think, off against Brendan Rodgers, but never. No, did they? Did they play in the Champions League? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Champions Bayern League, Munich. Bayern Munich. Play Celtic a couple of years ago. Maybe, maybe last season. No, I think it was last season they played. Okay, Bayern maybe Munich. not then. But yeah, I think I think I think Man City will win, beat Leicester that week. Yeah. And then Newcastle playing Newcastle, and I think that's Rafa doing a favour for you. Oh, Liverpool. yeah. Newcastle are going to roll absolute, over. Yeah, absolute Liverpool victory at St. James's Park. And then final weekend of the season, Brighton, Manchester City. What, <laughs> what I like about this is Manchester City, their first game of the season last year was a 2 0 win against uh, Brighton in Brighton. So if they win the title at Brighton, it'll be a nice full circle. There's a good, <laughs> there's a good narrative yeah. there that I kind of, I kind of want to see. And then uh, Burnley against Arsenal. So I think Man City will win that. Yeah, obviously, I, I agree with that. <laughs> and then Burnley hosts Arsenal. I think that's just one of those final days of the season when Burnley aren't doing much. Yeah, Arsenal win away at Turf Moor and uh, that will be another another win for Arsenal. And because it's Arsenal at Turf Moor, it'll probably be a 95th minute penalty or It might be like something that. like that, yeah. And, but there'll be a lot of Arsenal players. I'll be Aaron Ramsey's last match for Arsenal. Most likely, I, like presuming they don't get the Europa League final, it'll be... Lawrence Shelley, the captain's maybe last match for Arsenal. Probably Pedrocek's last Petr match. probably, yeah. So I think there's a lot of players in that team who want a victory. Maybe Monreal's last match for Arsenal. Maybe there'll be a few other players. Ozil's last match for Arsenal, perhaps. Uh, after that, we have Leicester versus Chelsea. I think that's a Leicester win. I think going on what you said, I think Chelsea will be gone. If Sarri is still there at that point, if Sol is there, maybe something different. But if Sarri is still manager, that'll be his last match as Chelsea manager. And I think his players will have thrown the towel in and it could be an embarrassing day for Chelsea. See, I'm thinking that the fact that I don't know how close Chelsea are to the top four, if Chelsea have something to play for on that day, I think I Chelsea still, are winning. I still think Brendan Rodgers will have a point to prove against his former club in that he coached for Chelsea for many years. Yeah, that's a compelling argument. I could see, I could see a draw. Although Chelsea, yeah, okay, I'm going to go with the Chelsea loss, actually. Think Liverpool have to win, e- even if they've lost the league at that point to Man City have been crown champions. They'll put an emphatic scoreline, they're playing against Wolves at home. Who Wolves will be uh, on holidays at that point, They will, sure. and Liverpool will have to do something at that. If they, nice they're, little go- they're still going moment. for the league, they'll definitely win it. But if they're not, they'll yeah, they'll have to, to dismantle them. Man United are playing Cardiff. Cardiff would like to be relegated at that point. It's that Old Trafford. It'd be nice to stay out for some of the Cardiff players. Maybe Solskjaer's last match. Perhaps as well. And against Cardiff as well, we might add, his yeah. former club. So that'll be he'll want to make a point against Cardiff. And then the last match concerning the top, top six side of the season. Tottenham Hotspur playing Everton at White Hart, at Wembley, rather. The last match at Wembley. Maybe, maybe White Hart Lane. We don't know yet. Yeah, most likely at Probably Wembley. Wembley. It, I think Everton will put up a draw on that. I think Tottenham will have be a damn squib of an end of a season for Tottenham. 
and they might already be out of the top four contention at that point and a draw. Spurs have done it in the past. Newcastle has been the most clear. 5-1, yeah. 5-1 to a relegated Newcastle. yeah. I can think they could do something similar to that again. Yeah, the last season they ended up very in a very weird match. They won 4-3 at home against Leicester, I think it was, in a bizarre match. But I think they'll beat Everton just because I think Everton won't put up much of a fight because they're probably locked into ninth place at that point with nothing mm. to play for. And Tottenham probably still have something to play for at that point. Yeah. And, you know, a final game at Wembley, probably, or maybe first game at White Hart Lane, who knows. So it'll be a nice little end-of-season treat for Tottenham, and then they, then they can get excited for a full yeah. season next year at White Hart Lane. So that's uh, that's every match done. We're going to calculate it now, see where yeah, all this, the teams I've lie. Yeah, I've got a strange... I didn't expect to see this result, given my the, what I predicted, but it's turned out a, a weird way. Okay, you. I haven't calculated it, so you tell me what yours look like. Looks so like. in number... Well, we'll do one, one for one, will we? We'll go sixth. Yeah, okay. So we'll sixth, sixth, sixth place. place. I have Manchester United with 76 points. You have Manchester United in sixth place with 76 points. That would be absurd for a team to finish on sixth place and 76 yep. points. That's what I have. Okay, I have Chelsea with 75 points. Okay. okay. Why is that less absurd? Because I just read it there for the first time. I don't think that's going to happen Okay, either. in fifth place on 77 points. Yeah, 77 points, fifth place, I have Arsenal. I have Arsenal at 77 points, fifth place as well. So we have identical records for Arsenal. Uh, then fourth, do you have Tottenham or Chelsea? I um, have Chelsea at 78 points. I have Manchester United at 80 points. 80 points. You see, you're, you're giving them an extra couple of wins here. Yeah, that's... I have. I don't think any of this is that. Well, and see, then in third place, I have Spurs yeah. with 78 points as well. I can see that happening. I can see I've taught in third with 82. I can see that happening. So I can see two points separating four teams. Yeah, that's very... Gosh. And then like, Spurs getting it on goal difference over Chelsea, getting third place. And then who do you have second? In second place on 97 points. Okay, that's not happening. I have Liverpool. In second place on 93 points, I have Manchester City. You think, oh, and then I'm first, I have Man City on 98 points. I have Liverpool first, 97 points. I don't think I don't think Liverpool are going to earn that many points. I think well, well, we have identical records for Liverpool. I think Man City will just get that much, much better off and not drop any significant points between now and the Man end Man City the 93 points I can believe but I could also see that being first place as well yeah but I like it's the way things are going like both teams can drop points as we did I've dropped both teams points in this and they're still doing quite well, well how many... I've dropped, I don't remember how many I've dropped actually I, I don't know I don't know if you dropped Man City any points maybe there. I haven't actually uh, kept them going as a winning streak between now and the end of the season which isn't going to happen I've said that myself but of course as we said, qualified throughout the whole of this segment, that we don't know for definite. No, we when do. We've matches... absolutely write it down. Don't even need to watch the rest of the season. Yeah. We've both given you two different tables, and they're both going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> they're not that different. They, the yeah, they're not. League champions just... are different. The points are slightly. You different. have Man United getting qualified for Champions League in place of who against. Instead of Chelsea. Instead of yours. Chelsea. I don't know how. I thought Chelsea would finish sixth. To be honest, I still I, I still think they will. If I was to pick a top four now. It would likely, it would be it's it's a toss up between Man United and Arsenal to get into that, with Tottenham. With Tottenham, most likely. But I could still like, if I'm being absolutely realistic, and if the form continues for the rest of the season, I can see Man United and Arsenal both usurp Tottenham. Yeah, if Arsenal had won that match, I would have said that would be most likely because the two they're more in form and have an easier fixture list to finish out the season. But yeah, as it said, Tottenham and Chelsea clinging on to that four. 
and Man City to win the league, which I said all the way through, although maybe I was a bit generous on them. So it could be all wrong. This is all pseudoscience. Yeah, and of all course... matches could happen at different times than we, what we thought they were. We're suffering as well from the Mark Lawrenson syndrome, where obviously Mark Lawrenson is known for doing his predictions weekly on the BBC. Yeah. And uh, at, at the end of the season, there's a whole table to show out how all of his predictions would have turned out if they actually had, or how the table would have looked yeah. if all his predictions came to pass. And like he's not predicted a Liverpool defeat in like four years or something like that because why would you predict Liverpool to lose to like Crystal Palace or yeah, Leicester? Exactly. So it is an issue there with the prediction. But we're giving you the ultimate preview of uh, the remaining nine games of the season. If you've if you've any predictions, don't forget to email us in or write in on social media or whatever because uh, it's going to be an interesting final yeah, nine weeks. Absolutely. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy. Happy New Year. Well, we've just given you the ultimate Premier League preview, but we still have the likes of the Champions League still to go. The second legs start to get underway this Tuesday, and uh, do you see any of them being overturned? No. No. I think... Not even Porto-Roma? No, absolutely not Porto-Roma. Roma will be in the quarterfinals. They'll have deserved to get there. They lost 3-0 at the weekend. Yeah, Yeah, but that's Lazio. That's a derby... It's Derby della Italia, or is it just Derby de Rome, the Roma? Derby della Roma, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think that's the reason they lost three 0 is because they had this match coming up. They want to win this match. They want to get into quarterfinals and do as best they can in Europe. So it matters to the US owners, and it's the best they can hope for for this season, to be honest. Because as you said many times, they're not doing well in Serie A. No, I think that defeat to Lazio actually puts their Champions League. That's it. Like yeah, their participation next season is being seriously put into question by winning the Champions League which yeah, is I mean, not without the realm of possibility it is because Roma are going to lose 7-1 to someone at, no yeah, probably at some Man point will draw them or something once Man United beat PSG 5-0 on Wednesday night yeah PSG have thrown away second legs uh, they before. have but they don't have Neymar playing this time which I think works for them I know well they, well, actually, they didn't have Neymar either the other times so. yeah but as we said before Mbappe is here Mbappe's there. Scored against Manchester in the first leg. Yeah, and the rest of the team seemed to function pretty well without Neymar. Did he score in the first leg? Yes. I can't, I can't and he remember. Missed oh, the yeah, the second goal. It. He missed the second goal, yeah. Or yeah. he scored the second goal. He missed the chance to make a 3 0, which would have absolutely solidified it. The Man- only match I have hope for is Roma Ajax on Tuesday. Or Real Madrid Ajax on Tuesday at the Bernabeu. Because Real Madrid have lost so many matches now, they've been so meek. They don't have Sergio Ramos, who actually was... I think he really put off Dahlberg in that match. He, that's who he got booked and suspended for fouling. And Dahlberg had a chance in the in the 93rd minute to equalise, and he, he fluffed it. He just missed the shot. And he was like just outside the six-yard box. He should have scored. He didn't. True, think, true justice would be Real Madrid getting knocked out because of what Sergio Ramos did, saying yeah. he got an intentional yellow card, so he'd be f- yeah. available that for would the quarterfinals. That would be say. true justice instead but, of him getting an extra And Ajax could do it. Like Ajax, they had a good. They played well since they've had tough games. Ajax haven't had easy games. They played Feyenoord in interim, in, which is the biggest derby for them every year. So and they won. How did that? You know, I'm look at. I I think Ajax are a better team than Real Madrid. Real Madrid have that lead, they have that away goal, they're playing at the Bernabeu, all of that's going to be worth a lot, but I've not seen a team destroy another team on a technical level to that degree as I saw Ajax do to Real Madrid in that match. Everything that Ajax did, the way they played football was so admirable that they were fighting. It wasn't It wasn't a Pep Guardiola-style game where the ball's being passed around and it's not very physical. And the, they just the ball put, wore, the wore their hair on their sleeve. Kinda. Yeah, but they were physically putting themselves about. They were making tackles. Like the Pep Guardiola, I don't... Tro- I don't 
coach tackles. I don't coach tackles. I'd say the Zayx manager coaches tackles because yeah. they know how to tackle and win the ball. And it's uh, the Real Madrid players were taking it back because like these guys have touched me and I haven't got a foul, which maybe is a loss in in La Liga that maybe they're protected a bit much. Not that they, I know there is bad tackles in La Liga as well, and it's silly, but these weren't bad tackles. They were good tackles, and they're physically getting amongst them and not letting them rest. It was a combination. It was a lovely old Ajax style, the four three three. A bit of physicality about it, as well as the moving of positions constantly, and it was a great thing to watch. And if it was not for, I think, unusual, not like mediocre decisions, some of the second goal for Real Madrid was a foul on an Ajax player before it went through, and it wasn't reviewed or anything like that. And the goal was given, and and Ajax had scored a goal in the first half that was ruled off for the slightest of like pushes or something. And I thought that was a bit of a that was a bad use of VAR, but it was used, and we have to accept it and move on. But Ajax scored a goal in that match. It's not like they didn't score, and they have the potential to do in te- teams over, as well, they did against Bayern. Well, Munich. we've seen teams like UA, like Bayern, come to the Bernabeu and have to overturn a first leg defeat at home, and get a result. Not necessarily go through, obviously. But and those teams had Ronaldo in them. <laughs> yeah, the Real Madrid team had Ronaldo in it, but I think Real Madrid had only been knocked out once in the last five years, and it was against a really good UA side. Yeah, but that was, I don't that think, was a I don't think... Real Madrid side. This isn't. And they're lacking. I, I just don't. I don't even care about that necessarily. I just. I don't. I Courtois, think. I think it matters. Courtois is a liability. I think it matters that player. they're Real Madrid and they won the last three in a row. And I think Ajax will not be the ones to befall this uh, Real Madrid side. I don't. This this Real Madrid like I Casemiro. Look, they had the number of Casemiro in that match. They had the number of like Gareth Bale of Benzema. They were silent through much of the match. I know Benzema scored. Did, did Nisha's play in that first leg? So I didn't yeah. really see the first. Nisha's is probably Real Madrid's best ma- player in the attacking going forward. Uh, but he was taken off eventually. But they they had them like this. Ajax just needed to finish, and I think if they start Dahlberg this time, which they didn't, they were more conservative and tried to like play kind of false nine to try and control midfield more. Which they I don't think they actually needed in the end. They had the control without that. They bring Dahlberg on as an actual fulcrum, a, a vocal point for their attacks, and they could actually get some reward out of taking shots against this round Madrid side because like Courtois has not had a good season. The only thing he's done is ostracized the likes of Gareth Bale from his personally, and it's like. This like Real Madrid's in a they've like we were look, looking at Barcelona being in decline for the last few years that you know oh they need transition they need to figure out a new way to play with this older Messi with like without Suarez without Rakitic without Busquets without the PK but like Real Madrid have spun way ahead of them in the absolute need need of transition need of new players need of new ideas side of things and I think. They could get away with it on Tuesday night at the Bernabeu and we could be looking at them again in the quarterfinal against Roma or wherever they managed to draw. But if Justice was right and if things go the right way, I think Ajax could teach them a footballing lesson. And it would be a lovely way for this Ajax team to go out because this Ajax team isn't going to have another season. They're going to be dismantled this summer. Like the players that are already... Like Frank de Jong is gone. Um, Matthias Light, is probably gone. Probably gone. He played 100 matches already for Ajax. He's only 19. Yeah. Uh, your man, the winger, uh, Ziyech. He's Ziyech is gone. Dahlberg is probably gone. Like even their older players, like Shung and like Tadic, could even get another big move back to the Premier League or something out of all of this season that's happened. And they've not won anything in in the Netherlands either. They're not going to win anything of substance. So this is their one, one their one chance to really show something. And I think that'll be like their manager is probably going to be gone after this. He might be the Real Madrid manager next year, for all we know. Uh, see the thing is Andrew's life's not fair and Real Madrid uh, the Real Madrid machine will just roll on they didn't deserve to win either of the last two Champions Leagues I would contend 
and they might as well just end up winning this one again anyway, despite not deserving it. So Real Madrid to win this one, 2-0, <laughs> I would say. Okay. Uh, then I don't see Dortmund overturning Tottenham. Like no. Tottenham have had ba- bad form, but so have Dortmund. They, yeah, I think Dortmund could win that, win that match. Yeah, two one or something, or maybe three one or something like that. Yeah, I think Dortmund could well win that match, but it won't matter. Yeah, and then PSG Man United I don't see being overturned, especially without Pogba, especially with all those injuries. Yeah, bad. and like Man United could manage to get a goal, but I don't see Man United getting two goals or three goals without yeah. PSG getting one, and that would be the. I could see like a one-all draw or something. Yeah, if Man United get the first goal, it'll make the match exciting. Yeah, but I just think PSG yeah. will flatten them out in yeah. the end, and then Porto Roma is a very <laughs> underwhelming. Yeah, end to this podcast. Uh, we will be back again next week when we'll have another. Sl- slew of uh, Champions League matches to preview we'll have another slew of Premier League matches what, to review what are the odds of us getting every one of our predictions wrong for next week uh, pretty high <laughs> uh, so that'll do us for this week thank you for being here Andrew thank you and we'll be back again next week thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode then don't forget you can tell family and friends about the show spread the word of the Total Football Takeover you can also follow us on social media at the TF Pod on Twitter and Total Football Pod on Instagram. You can also be found on podcast services, including Spotify, by searching Total Football Podcast. The more the merrier. That's what we always say. <laughs>